What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, good morning. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. This is Rachel Silver Cohen, of course, with my favorite partner, DB, Dr. Boca. How are you? I'm doing great, Rach. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. It was a busy week, to say the least. Yeah, you had a big, big day this week. How was your birthday? Happy, happy. Thank you. I turned 49. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's not 48. It's not 32. It's not My 50 kids, either. It's not 50 yet, but 49. So listen, we woke up this morning and I'm blessed. So I'm trying to not perseverate on the age as it relates to being older, but mm-hmm. the age hopefully as it relates to what I've learned and what I've gained over the years, what I still stand to gain, I hope, on a go forward, right? I mean, at least that's what I'm telling myself in the mirror. Well, look, I think that's a great perspective to have. And the psychologist in me is sitting here thinking, well, do tell and elaborate on where you've been, where you're going type of situation and what is still yet to come. But I also, putting myself in your shoes, I've taken great pride in this. And I've said it a couple of times. I'm not as old as you are, right? I'm not far behind, but I still you know, can leverage that a little bit. Yes, you can. Is I do think that there's a lot to be said about the way that you're thinking about it and the mental state that you're in, which I think is wonderful. But I also know for me, every year I see bodily changes in me and I just see my children growing up and I see time that's passed and that's usually marked by anniversaries or the death of somebody or whatever significant thing it is. And like you, I take stock, but I also get a little self-conscious and I'm human too, right? And I notice more wrinkles or more cellulite or that I'm going to the doctor a little bit more because I have a few more aches and pains and neck pains and things like that. So I applaud you for thinking about the positive and focusing on the positives and taking stock. But I'm just wondering if there's some of what I'm talking about going on too. Of course. I mean, okay, as just saying making... all of these things, I'm like, hold on a second. Do we just have a role reversal or am I the biggest bullshit artist? Or <laughs> I didn't mean to make it like, oh, yes, and 49 and I'm tiptoeing through the tulips and I'm going to pretend that I'm 29 and I'm going to pretend even more that I look like I'm still 29. Obviously not. You know that I have like cried on air with you over all of these issues that you just rattled off. So yeah, but I was trying so hard to... I don't even want to say say the right thing. I'm trying to tweak my unpolished mentality that would automatically put me down that road of, oh, but this is gross and that's gross and that's old. And what about this? And how come I'm not here? And why shouldn't... Because when I do do that, Dr. Boca, it does send me straight down the rabbit hole. And it hurts and it's painful. And Mm -hmm. yes, you want to sit and have a whole podcast today now on all the things that I can't stand that I look like or feel like or sound like or used to have that I don't and all that. But what good is that going to do me? I mean, honestly. I Look, I totally agree. Like I said, I applaud 
the the gains that you're making and focusing in on the positives and the gratitude and the hopefulness of what the future brings and not sitting for separating on the negative. I at least needed to be authentic to our listeners that I struggle with those things sometimes, particularly and mostly on my birthday because we do take stock. And given our history and the communication that we've had with our audience in the past, we know that those are things that you potentially struggle with as well. And so the therapist in me was calling you out and and in the nicest possible way, but also applauding the gains that you've made because we've been doing this literally, it's almost a year. And I see such progress in you, even though this isn't real therapy and I'm going to cover my own ass this time, this isn't real therapy and nothing that I say in here is actually therapy. But I do think that some of the things that I say have resonated with you and that you've applied them into your life. And I am here to tell you, my birthday gift to you, along with other things that I gave you for your birthday, is the recognition and the acknowledgement that you have made gains. Well, thanks. And it is hard to recognize the gains. So I appreciate you saying that. But if we want to take it back a few notches and just give you an example of how much I haven't really changed. So, all right, you can break down this wreckage. I, trying to always be mindful and healthy and fit and all that, but loving my food and my drink and all that kind of stuff. So last week, I went on a juice cleanse. Okay. Oh. Just note to everyone, it's probably the dumbest thing ever. Okay. So whoever invented juice cleansing, all right, I don't like you. It's the biggest waste of time and money because me, right? I do this juice cleanse. I'm starving to death for three days. I'm drinking nothing but juice, juice, oh. juice. And half of it, I can't even get down. And every two minutes, I'm running to the bathroom because I have to pee because all the liquid and so on and so forth. And then... Okay. So now the juice cleanse is now over. And it's funny that we're talking about it because we just got off of the heels of Yom Kippur. Instead of one day of starving, okay, now I had three days of starving, doing nothing but drinking juice, only to then break the fast, quote unquote, okay, break the juice cleanse by what? By having what? Brisket and challah and rugala <laughs> and all the shit that we eat on our big holidays because now we're celebrating the new year. So it was also like the Jewish new year on top of my birthday. On t- I mean, Wait, so, so what I, good did it do? I have to take a step, but there was so much going on in this little segment. First of all, who in their right mind does a juice cleanse? I mean, well, clearly me. Or you did it and you weren't in your right mind, clearly. Oh, right, right. Because first of all, that shit's nasty. I'm sorry to whomever does it, but oh, I can't even get one of those down. There are different ways to cleanse our body. Than and it having... doesn't even work. I mean, I guess well, it doesn't work if you break well, not the bath with brisket. Right, I was going to say, not if you binge on the other end right. with all the things that you were doing. But why in good name would you have picked those days to do the juice cleanse when it is your birthday and Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah and not in that order, obviously. Who thought that was a good idea? Okay, well, I'm going to be honest. Okay, now you're pulling it out of me. So let's just get it out there, right? I'm going to mention it all. And the reason why I chose those three days to your point of, oh, I'm getting older. And then I look at myself and this wrinkle and that wrinkle because rock star over here, brain surgeon, okay, decided I'm getting older. I don't like this wrinkle and that wrinkle. And I decided to do a facial, you know, like a laser well, like a, yes, a CO2 laser. Oh my so gosh. I was laid up home by myself hiding until my face wanted to heal okay. for a solid week. So what should I do while I'm home hiding for a solid week while my face is healing? Huh. I know. 
I'll do a juice cleanse because I can't do anything anyway. And that's why. Okay. You wonder why I'm unpolished and I make poor choices. Okay. And so in my head, my (laughs) head, right? I'm thinking, gosh, there's so much I want to know about the lasers. And I don't know about you and maybe you can educate me, but there's so many out there. I don't know anything about it. And I'm intrigued by it. And by the way, I, to our listeners out there, I am looking at Rachel over a camera right now and her skin looks flawless. So you are going to have to explain this to me. You are going to have to tell me all the other beauty secrets in the world that you know about. And I actually think that in a future podcast, I will invite somebody on or some people that we know around this area who might be able to explain all the differences because I'm dying to know because I don't know that. That's the first thing I had to say that was going on in my head. The second thing is in the way that I would go about this is I would say, huh, I'm going to be down and out for a week. And in that week, since I can't do anything, juice would be the least likely thing that I would do. And maybe I would think, oh, I'm going to sleep a lot. So I won't be eating as much. And maybe I'll lose one or two pounds just by virtue of the fact that I'm going to be sleeping more. So that obviously, mine and your brains don't work the same. But I certainly wouldn't do it right before my birthday. Unless, of course, you're coming from the mindset of, I need to lose the four pounds that I'm going to gain on my birthday, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Okay, that's fine if you're a person of clarity, which clearly I am not. Because let me tell you something. This is not my first rodeo with a juice cleanse where I come off the cleanse saying, why did I just do this? This is the biggest waste of money, the biggest waste of time. If anything, I think I actually gained a pound or two instead of losing a pound and I'm starving. And now I have just stricken my body from all of the things that I love and want. And if I had just learned how to have, you know, the magic word, which is moderation, that's what I should have gotten for my birthday, moderation. But I didn't, (laughs) that didn't come in the mail. I didn't get moderation. No, that's what I'm going to give you next year for your birthday is moderation. So can we make a commitment on air right now that juice cleanses does not work for Rachel and Rachel's not going to do another juice cleanse? We can and we will and we are right now. I, Rachel Silver Cohen, on air with Dr. Boca on this episode of Unpolished Therapy, solemnly do swear that I will never, ever, ever, ever do another juice cleanse, okay? Because they're for people who don't function the way that I do. I mean, if you're going to do it, at least do it right. So, and and I kind of feel like all the things that I do in my life, they're still like, that is one of my mantras. If you're going to do it, do it correctly, do it right, give it all you got, right? And that's what I did. I didn't skew at all. I wasn't nibbling here or there. No, you never do. Juice, 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 coupled with water, 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 and then bathroom to go pee every 15 minutes. minutes. (laughs) And I was doing it. And then I absolutely just turned the unpolishedness up the second it was over. And it it was literally like, where's the pizza? Where's the candy? Mm. Where is this? Where is that? And it just... I'm so angry at myself. I don't even want to talk about this anymore because it really bothers me that I wasted all that time when I could have just been eating cake and pizza (laughs) for three days. And instead, I was drinking disgusting green juice. Well, okay. So let me just help the listeners out there. Anytime you restrict anything, you're going to go in the opposite direction when you're free, okay? So that's just a a thing that we as humans are conditioned to do. If you're trapped to do something, unless you get to the stage of like learned helplessness that you were so starving yourself to the point of deprivation 
that was causing bodily harm, once we have learned helplessness, we may not binge, okay? But you've taken it to such an extreme that you probably have like really hurt yourself in the process. But a juice cleanse for three days is not taking yourself to a learned helplessness stage. No, of course not. It's just me taking myself to like a learned idiotic stage. Idiotic stage, right. Because you know on day four, I'm having the pasta and the pizza. Right, you're going to binge. So to me... What I always advocate for with our with my patients is a understand why we're doing these things, and since this isn't real therapy, we don't have to go there if you don't want to. But we have to understand why we're doing these things and repeatedly doing these things, and choose to do it differently where we're not restricting something. Because once we restrict, our natural tendency is to binge, overcompensate, or take more of, which sabotages everything. And which is why people who binge and then purge wind up not losing any weight. They're the ones who keep staying heavier because they really are binging and then they're compensating by purging and then they're doing the same and they're going from one extreme to the other. So yes, moderation is key, Rachel. And we are going to try to give that to you and keep you focused on it. And we are not going to do another juice cleanse because you just took the oath. That I did and I'm standing by it. But I want to bring this full circle and I want to just say that Juice cleanse was a stupid idea, but why did I do it? Well, it was a reset. It was going to be my birthday, which brings us back to our point of on your birthday or any annual whatever, okay, Mm -hmm. whether it's a holiday with a religion, whether it is a birthday, whether it's an anniversary, even if it's a work milestone, those are measures, right? As you always Mm -hmm. say, where we're taking stock and we're having self-reflection. And for me, that was kind of the first step, if you will, in this year 49 of where have I been? Where am I going? What do I want to continue to do the same? Where can I make those changes, et cetera, et cetera, which now, of course, brings us back to your point of, well, when you do that, because most of us do, we start to examine a little bit more the wrinkles and the this and the that and the neck, the cellulite and whatever. And that kind of... So we're in this stream of consciousness here, right? Where all of these things... I'm, I'm like like talking myself into the fact that maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. Like, don't beat myself up so much because this is what happens on an annual evaluation of self, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. And you're right. I'm not going to do it again. And I'll have to take stock and come up with another stupid idea. Well, I and I knew you were going to go there. As unpolished as you are, you're going to come up with some other fakakamami idea. But can we at least come up with an idea that might have moderation in it? Well, I'm going to give you an example of something that came up currently and things from my past. And Mm -hmm. then you may say, but Rachel, that's not moderation at all. That's just another way that you're completely off the rails in one direction or the other, which is for my 40th birthday, which is Mm -hmm. now nine years ago, I and a friend of mine, we did a triathlon together. And that was our big entree, if you will, into this fourth decade. And it was great. And I killed it. And it was terrific. And yay me, right? Okay. And now going into this 49th year, my friends had said, well, you know, now we only have another year until 50. Like, what events are we signing up for? Or what what are we training for? And as I'm saying it, I'm thinking to myself, and as you were telling me, Rachel, juice cleanse is a really stupid idea. We're not doing that anymore. I'm saying, okay, I can pack away the juice cleanse, but now my wheels are spinning. Like, what big thing am I going to sign up for or tackle or complete or learn or whatever. And 
you know me, I always call myself Marsha Brady, <laughs> that I've got to have 14 different activities to keep myself going. And now with 50 around the corner, mm-hmm. what does that look like? We Well, we know it doesn't look like a juice cleanse. Correct. So what does right? it look like, Rachel? I don't know. With the exception that I do joke, although I am putting it out to the universe, and I, you know me, I do not talk about my personal life. It's just the one hard line that I'm just right. not willing to do. But 49, yeah, all my little girlfriends, you guys can come over. We can, you know, have a piece of cake. We can have a drink, whatever. I'm happy to do that. But 50, 50 has got to be big. 50 has got to be huge. 50 has to include a special man in my life. And we need to be jet setting around. And none of you are invited. And... <laughs> That is not all, but that is part of what I hope 50 looks like, that that aspect of my life will grow and expand and juice cleanse, say no more. (laughs) We We will forgo the juice cleanse. Right. But what I'm hearing, before you just said what your fantasy or hope is for 50, I just heard you constantly having to have something and constantly being all over the place doing 14 different projects. And my first thought was, what if her 50th included nothing? You've and said that to me before, calm. though. And we've talked about that on previous podcasts when it was COVID and the world was quiet and we were all like panicking mm-hmm. over the fact that we don't know how to be quiet. And yeah, but we're a year older. But doing nothing, let me ask you this, okay? And listeners out there, again, I want to protect Dr. Boca. This is not real therapy. We want to protect her real practice. Everything we're talking about here, we're really just shooting the shit and... These are just opinions. These are not facts. But I am now asking Dr. Boca as the proverbial patient here, mm-hmm. right? Can it be okay for someone with my personality, right? At, yes. at almost 50 years old, I don't know that we are unlearning the tricks that this sure. dog has learned, right? Okay, I'll so, buy into that. Okay, thank you. What if we change the script to okay. say, it's okay that you are the type of person who signing up for nothing is never going to work for you. So I hear what you're saying. And you called me out just now on all or none is what we're basically talking about. And I'm going to say, I wasn't actually saying do nothing for your 50th. I was saying, why do we have to have 14 things going on? What if we didn't and we focused in on slowing down our lives a little bit, being more conscious and intentional about the few things that we're doing. And when we set up a goal at 50 to be jet-setting with the man of our dreams, okay? And the triathlon. And, and, and the, the triathlon, right. Some <laughs> and, of the, and not the juice cleanse. Though. And not the juice, well, oh, hey, hey, not the juice cleanse, okay? But when we set our goal there, it is always great to be working towards something. Absolutely. And that healthy would be jet-setting with the perfect man for you, right? That would be wonderful. And I wish that upon you. However, you have set it in your mind, because I know Rachel sets that in her mind, and come 50, if that is not in front of her, you are going to hear that as, I failed. And I don't want you to go there on your 50th, right? Mm -hmm. So there's two simultaneous things. You're setting up very lofty goals with a timetable that it has to happen that is somewhat out of your control if you are doing 14 other things, not slowing your life down and making the changes that you need to make in order to know when that amazing man walks through your door. Does that make sense? Did I say it in a way because it made total sense in my head? I think it did. So let me hear Um, it back. Oh God, I don't think I want to replay it back. I don't know that I can 
parrot it back out to you. But I no, no, in your words, how you digested it. Okay. I think what you said, I feel like you and I are in like couples therapy, like what I'm hearing. Right. But we are sort of not in official therapy. This is what I do. Okay. So what I think you said was my expectations are so high, Mm -hmm. right? I'm always setting these big goals, expectations, whatever it is, that if they aren't met, I'm immediately going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But if you're also, while you want these big lofty expectations to be met and these goals to be achieved, In addition to you doing 14 other things while you also want all of these other expectations to be met, who's to say that those 14 other things aren't big expectations and goal-setting things also? But that's maybe another column we'll get to in a second. But I think what you were saying before is if you're doing 8 million things at a pace at which is rapid, yes, are you really focusing and giving your time, attention, and present energy to any of them because you're really just dipping your toe into each one of these little things so you continue to be Marsha Brady, then I think what you're saying, and I don't know if what you're saying is, and I hope this doesn't turn into the fact that I'm just going to have to have a juice cleanse when I'm 50 <laughs> no, years I old promise. today, is that if you're not really zeroing in and focusing and slowing down, maybe none of these big lofty goals and expectations will happen. And am I setting myself up for disappointment and the F word, failure? Yeah, that's what I was saying. And so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think at this age and where we are in our life sometimes is we have to look at why are we doing 800 different things? What are we not doing while we're doing those 800 different things? And if we do have future goals, are we paying attention to the things that are most important for us to get to those goals? Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to think this through and see these are all the things when... I mean, birth, maybe this is why some people don't like their birthdays because it gets heavy and you it have does. to really dig in and you have to... Instead of just being kind of like, all right, it's my birthday. So I think I'm going to take stock and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that. Now you start diving into these things and it's kind of like, oh my God, you're holding up a mirror to some of the things that maybe it's taken 49 or 50 years to kind of figure out because you're so busy kind of putting it to the bottom of the pile because you don't really want to have to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, you know what it's sounds exhausting. really good right now? Juice cleanse? Yes. <laughs> maybe a juice cleanse wasn't so bad after all. And maybe, just maybe, Dr. Boca, maybe I am more calculated than I think, but it's on like a subconscious level that the juice cleanse is like the easy way out of having something to bitch about. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Look at me. Look at you. Look at me. See, you could be sitting in my seat one day. No, probably no. not. Because I am, and listeners, you can't see it and you certainly can't feel it because this is just a podcast. But I am absolutely sweating right now because I feel like Dr. Boca is like stripping me down here. And now I have to like do some heavy duty work, which thank God this isn't real therapy because I am so ready to like shift gears now and talk about something that has nothing to do with me so personal. I feel like this is like vulnerability hour. Well, I appreciate how exposing it feels. And I did not mean to push you to push you that far. Um, But as somebody who I care deeply about, um, I want you to be able to celebrate your 50th birthday with all that you want. And so if this is how we're going to get there, then I did it. And now we can change topics. Oh, thank God. So good. I'm going to take you up on that. And 
it is in keeping with the conversation of just having another birthday. And the interesting thing is, if we are shifting and kind of bringing it down a couple notches, is that in the spirit of being middle-aged, and that's what we are, I'm just going to put it out there, my mom had suggested a show that oh, she thought that I would like. This is going to be good. Um, no, and this it's just funny because she didn't go into any detail. This was via text, the name of the show. And then she wrote, I think you'll relate. Okay. Hmm. So I always like her suggestions and we are pretty much on par with the things that interest her and me. And we kind of dovetail off of each other with that. So I turned the show on. The show is called, it's on Netflix, everyone. And it's called On the Verge. Hmm, I haven't okay. heard of this. And it's so a new tell. series. It's Julie Delpy is the, I think she wrote it. She stars in it. And for those of you who aren't 100% sure that the second I saw it, I was immediately brought back to Before Sunrise and the Sunrise Trilogy. I don't okay. know if you're aware, but ugh, they're such great movies. It's with Ethan Hawke from, I mean, we're going back into the 90s and early 2000s, but it's a love story and there's three of them. And anyway, that's definitely if anyone out there is looking for like old school, great classic love movies. Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and I think Before Midnight. But the main one, the first one, the one that really got the wheels moving was Before Sunrise. Anyway, so she was in that movie. And now she's writing this series and she's starring in it as well. And so what is it about On the Verge? Well, it's about four <laughs> middle-aged women <laughs> okay, who are kind of navigating their way through life. But the funny thing is, is that when my mom said, I think you'll relate, when I watched the first episode... One of them is more of a disaster than the next. And they all kind of have their own (laughs) problems, right? This one's married, but, you know, the husband, I think, is kind of not as happy. And they go off the rails. And this one, she smokes pot all day long. And she's a disaster. And another one, she gave up her career. And now she's, quote unquote, finding herself. and, And she goes to all these job interviews. And she, like, ages out, right? Like she's Uh, she's too qualified. And so now she's having a nervous breakdown in in the interview. You know, the other one, it's more stuff like that. Okay. So basically any of them could be my patient. Yeah. Any of them could be your patients. But I just found it funny that my mom was like, I think you'll relate. As I'm watching it though, it's so well written. And the sophistication of the fact that this writer was willing to take this risk, right? Mm -hmm. To talk about middle-aged women who I guess seemingly you'd think that when you're in your 20s and your 30s, like that's when you're supposed to be the screw up. That's when you're not supposed to know your ass from your elbow. That's when you are allowed, for a lack of a better word, to make mistakes and screw up. But when you're in your 40s and your 50s, I guess we, and by we, I mean society, Mm -hmm. you'd think that like you'd have it figured out by now, right? You'd have the career under your belt. You'd have the marriage, and I I laugh, ha ha ha, (laughs) like, seemingly figured out, right? You, Your kids, everyone would be like, as we've talked about before, the kids are all right. And there is something warm and fuzzy about the fact that we're now putting 40 and 50-year-old women on the main stage to say, we don't have it figured out. No. And part of why we don't have it figured out is exactly what we were just talking about, is that we do 800 different things. So we're raising our children. We're being a wife. We may or may not be either trying to excel in our career or we have given up our career in order to take care of our children and our spouse and add on all the other things where we are desperately trying to find our identity. 
again, right? Whatever that identity was. So we get to this place where the kids are growing up. Our marriage has already probably fallen apart or it's taken a life of its own in some weird way. We were out of work or we're done with work or whatever the case may be. And we're like, oh shit, what do we do now? Because we haven't been self-caring for us. We've been doing for everybody else and everything else. And I think that that's such a global societal thing that is put on or women take on in the 30s to 40s. So I had a conversation with a very dear friend of mine similar to this this week. And there was a lot of reflection about what was it, sex life, right? The other show that you had talked Mm -hmm. about and we had Mm -hmm. talked about on the podcast. She had listened to our podcast and we were having a discussion about it and some deep thoughts about it. And I, I really treasure this friend and the depths that we can go in the conversations. And she was basically saying like, the reason that sex life resonate with us is because there was a period in our life where we knew who we were. We loved having the passion and the fun and the ability to come and go and do and and hook up and fall in love. And it was just so natural and raw and organic, right? And then we get married and have kids and our life becomes all of that. And we obviously didn't talk about on the verge, right? But there's this period of time after you have your children where you sit there and you say, wait a minute, like I love the life that I have or I don't love the life I have, whichever bucket you fall into. But I liked that life before and I lost that person that I was before. And how do you integrate the two? Hence that TV, that, that show, right? How do you integrate and you know bring back that passion or can you bring back that passion or can you have it all as we've talked about? And now it sounds like, and I have not seen on the verge, but it sounds like these people have now come through that vortex that they've been on where they've lost a sense of themselves and did for others and escaped either through drugs or alcohol or Netflix. Sorry, Netflix, we love you, but Netflix or doing 800 passion projects, whatever the case may be, right? And you come out the other side and you're like, oh my God, like, what am I doing now? I'm too old to do this. I can't go back to work. My kids are growing up. My marriage is falling apart. And you like wake up at 50 or whatever age they are. And you're like taking stock. And you're like, oh my God, my life is like no further along than I thought it was, or it is in some ways and it isn't in other ways. And so I think that this is just the, and I'm proud of TV for talking about the natural progression that is going on that people don't feel comfortable talking about. Right. And yeah, and and I don't know how this season will fare because I've only watched one or two episodes. I'm enthralled though. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the right word, but but it's keeping my attention because I feel that, yes, maybe my mom was right in some kind of like backhanded compliment or just reality that like we're all on the verge. And what are we on the verge of? That remains to be seen. I honestly don't know. Are we on the verge of debacle? Or I'm hoping, you know, the lover in me and the optimist in me is hoping that by, you know, 12 episodes in, I hope when I get through it, they're on the verge of a metamorphosis of something great. Figuring it out. they are more accepting of themselves and each other. And again, bringing it full circle. And I love when we do this, but the first episode opens where it's one of the women's birthdays. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so maybe this reckoning of ourselves and yes, we are aging and we are getting older and maybe our wrinkles are a little bit more profound than they were 10 years ago or whatnot. But I guess, and this again brings me back to what we said the second that we started today's episode, that 
we need to be mindful of the goodness and the yes. good that we do have and not perseverate on all the shit that's because it's going to be there anyway, right? Mm -hmm. We could sit and we could cry in the corner over those extra three pounds that no matter what the fuck I do, I can't get rid of and the wrinkles and so on and so forth. But but why? If it's just going to depress us or if we are strength in numbers and we now get to watch these shows to see that women get older and women have problems and it doesn't mm -hmm. mean we're failures, but it happens. And how do we navigate through it fluidly with grace as opposed to losing our minds and wrecking our lives? I guess. I mean, I'm just guessing. So this, you know, on the verge of what? I'm not 100% sure. But for the listeners out there, if you took like Sex in the City, you take mm -hmm. those four women, and then we do a mashup with Odd Mom Out, let's okay. say. Take Jill Cardman, right? And then take the gaggle of girls from the girlfriend's guide to divorce. Oh, right? wow. okay. That's take good. Some of those. Uh -huh. And then take even the recent show of Working Moms, which is okay. such a great show, yes. right? Those are another four moms. Those moms are a little bit younger. But you take all of those dynamics and you mash it together. And now they're in their 40s and their 50s. And that's what this show is. And I think it's worth the watch. So I, what I hear you say, it's, it's a universal thing. That's why we can relate to it. And I think, that, again, kudos to Netflix and, and this writer and whomever put this out there. I think it's amazing that we're bringing it to the forefront. And so many shows are now. Whereas in the past, you know, you go back to The Cosby Show, you know, I'm dating myself, Ooh. but you go back to like The Cosby Show or you go back to Family Ties or whatever the show of the year was at that time. And it always portrayed it in, in easy ways and simple ways and good ways, right? And as we've evolved, we start talking about the more taboo topics and we start to see that there is a process over time that particularly women, but men too, absolutely men go through this as you get to like the back nine, right? As you go through these processes that we have to take stock, to use your words. We have to take stock and see the patterns because all of us are going through them. We may not do it exactly the same way. We may have different coping mechanisms. We may act out in different ways, whatever the case is. But we go through a process and we have to normalize the process. But also, not only normalize it, we have to recognize it and realize that we're not trapped by the process. And I think that kind of going back full circle for you, Rachel, it's I want you to sit here at 50 and make it look different, obviously without the juice cleanse, right? But in other ways also where you can say, hey, you know what? I took a breath this year and I was mindful about X, Y, and Z. And I was kinder to myself X, Y, and Z. And look, at 50, it looks different. Mm. And it's not perfect. Well, maybe it is. I hope for you it is. But it's not perfect. But this is an evolution. And now I have the time, the place, and the energy to tweak it and focus on me in that process. You're not wrong. And it all sounds great when you dish it out, you know, as the doctor. Obviously, we know for me and probably listeners too, it is hard to take in and then to practice, but it sure. is just that. It's a practice. And it I guess is. that's why we have to be mindful. I watch these shows. Some of it, of course, is the escapism, mm -hmm. right? Some of it is the inclusion right? Yeah. When you mm -hmm. watch these shows and then you say, just what you said, this is a, these are universal topics. We can't be the only two women on the planet that looks in the mirror and says, Jesus Christ, what's going on around my eyes, right? <laughs> well, and by the way, because I'm a realist, as much as I am a therapist, I am unpolished, I'm going to say to you, yes, this shit's hard, right, to look at. And that is why I'm going to bring in somebody who's going to help you with 
the wrinkles, who's going to help you maybe feel a little bit better because they can tweak and do a little bit cosmetically to help along and assist in the realities of what we are experiencing. But we also still have to do some of the emotional stuff and the underlying stuff as well. The thing that I find too when I watch these shows is that sometimes I do feel... I know you think I'm running on 8 million cylinders and I'm doing 14 different things. But sometimes when I stop and I watch these shows, I forget that life has moved, right? Mm -hmm. That like, it's not just a week that has gone by. We're talking about weeks and months and years and now decades because I watch these shows. And just to my point earlier that I see like Julie Delpy and I'm like, oh my God, I remember her from Before Sunrise. I mean, it was such a great movie. And then one of the other women in the show that probably the listeners will know is Elizabeth Shue, mm-hmm. right? I know her. So, right? So you know her, right? You know her from a million things. Melrose. No, no, that's that not was her. Shue. Oh, that was Andrew. That was... Andrew that Shue? was Andrew Shue, her, her brother. Her brother. Okay. Right. Okay. But that's how I learned. Courtney, yep. someone or other. You're no, right. Elizabeth Shue, immediately I thought of from Cocktail. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Cute, correct. adorable girl who, mm-hmm. you know, falls in love with Tom Cruise. Okay. And all I could think about was him being like, I got spooked. <laughs> remember when he, remember? Okay. <laughs> so I think of Elizabeth Shue from that, or she, she was also in, I don't know, she's been in, in a million things. Jennifer Jason Lee, who was like a young little nothing in all these teeny bopper shows. And now she, I hate to say it like this because it sounds so judgmental, but like she's like an old hag. <laughs> I mean, she's old and she looks old. And if she's getting old, then we are too, right? Well, there's more to it than just looks. She's led a very successful life and she's still providing us entertainment. But yes, we too are getting old. I think of these actresses, and you can think of any actresses who, wait a minute, they were 15 years old when they were in such and such. And now look at them now. You look at these actresses who they also have grown up. Yes. also aging. I look at some of the actresses and actors for that matter. Jason Bateman is a prime example. Right. No, I know you do, but he's a prime example of he was a teenage idol to some of us. And now he's like old. Like Not a grown old, man. But he's yeah. a grown man. Yes. yes. Yeah. All of them. So you say that like they're getting older also. Mm-hmm. And we aren't really in this time warp. So if they're getting older, then oh my God, like so am I. Sure. And what does that mean? So it's almost like that forced examination. And that's really more from like the physical, you know, superficial aspect. I know the work that you and I are doing. It, it is really more of that deep level where like I can't get away from myself because wherever I am, Right? You are. I always say, right? Like wherever I go, there I am. These are those moments where we do take stock. And I guess the juice cleanse really is the easier way out now that I think about it. An hour into this conversation, I'm, I'm wiped. I'm exhausted. Well, I would say somewhere in between the juice cleanse and a piece of cake would be the perfect place for you to go after this and kind of bring back some of that energy and bring back some of the clarity that is going on because these are all good things. Like we're not sitting here taking stock of a bad life here. Yeah, We have wonderful children that are healthy and happy and a job and we do this great podcast and you have so many friends and you are so smart and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass and you're funny and witty and all of these things. There's so many good things going on that now it's let's kind of close up some of those holes and figure out where do I want to go to the next level so Mm -hmm. that at 50, you might be there, God willing. So let's wrap it up, right? So 49 is fine. 
It We're is. hoping for a great year ahead, not just for me, but for everyone. And if it is your birthday or if you have anything on the calendar that's of importance, it is a time of self-reflection, checks and balances. And at the end of the day, we all just what, Dr. Boca? We all just what? Is this a test? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just want to see if you're paying attention over there because I lost my train of thought. I guess what? It's just at the end of the day, we're all just humans trying to do the best that we can do. And, you know, I say this all the time. We do the best we can do with what we have. Mm -hmm. And so if we start to implement some of these things, things will change and we don't have to do all or none. Just a little bit will lead us someplace else. And if we just continue to focus in on it and do the things that we've been putting off or the things that are hard or slow down a little bit or be more mindful or be more focused on the positive or what have you, wherever your gap is, you will get someplace different. And hopefully by 50, you'll be somewhere significantly different. All right. Or we'll be on the verge. And again, we don't know what we'll be on the verge of. It could be something fabulous. It could be something horrendous. But we we'll have find to out. live life to see and find out, right? Exactly. On the, verge. on the verge, everyone, on Netflix, definitely worth watching. I'm still brand new into it. So maybe this is a fun little dialogue we can have off air. If you want to email us, if you want to comment on our social media pages, be it Instagram or Facebook at Unpolished Therapy, let us know if you're watching On The Verge on Netflix and what your thoughts and feelings are about it. Let us know if you too have recently had a birthday and if you've had any self-reflection, if any of this resonates with you and you want to share, we always like to hear the feedback. It helps us. We hope that our conversations that are so candid and vulnerable help you folks in even the little bit of ways. And with that being said, this has been another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Dr. Boca, thank you for helping me ditch the couch, grab the mic, break down the wreckage that I guess has been the juice cleanse and turning 49 and what's to come. I always love chatting with you. You do make me feel better, even though at times you do make me feel worse before you make me feel better. That's okay. That's your job. We will be back next week, everyone, on the corner of audacity and advice where our wheels and potentially yours get spun upside down. Have a great week, everybody. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>